Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! I mean, who doesn't like going to Vegas and catching a show? Wolf, you've been known to surprise the Warrior Queen with a Vegas trip here and there, have you not? No doubt about it, Pelly. Yeah, little Shania Twain, as a matter of fact. I mean, there are people right now on the road listening to the Big Red Rage ripping through Wickenburg en route to Vegas <laughs> for the weekend. Are you kidding me? Google it, Polly. You know what I mean? Shania Twain. Google it, my young crugs. Here's the thing. Cardinals didn't catch a show. They were the show on Sunday. I mean, forget the likes of Shania Twain or Penn and Teller or David Copperfield or Blue Man Group. It was the big red group of 53 (laughs) and their lead magician, Kyler Murray, pulling one out of the hat. I mean, that was hashtag showstopper, was it not? Cardinals get the win despite the fact midway through the fourth quarter, the win probability for the Raiders was 98%. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Big Max Williams straight ahead. Yes, Cardinals tight end, one of the best personalities on the team. Can't wait to ask him a whole host of questions. Paul Calvisi here, Ron Wolfley there. You know what, Polly? Honestly, I still can't believe what it is that actually transpired in that stadium in the second half in particular, especially when you juxtapose the first half. The first half to the second half, and just how disparate the Arizona Cardinals looked from that first half. They came out in that second half, and they played in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and in transition as well. They played very, very well. The best we've seen this year, for sure. How bad was it? How good was it? Well, here, to bolster your case, Wolf, in the first half, the Cardinals ran 19 plays at Paltry, 19 plays for a measly 86 yards. In the second half, they ran 59 plays between second half and overtime for 327 yards. And as Kyler said after the game, they said, what was the difference? And he's just like, you know what? Well, actually, let's hear from Kyler Murray. We got this queued up and ready to go. Kyler Murray, what did change in that second half and beyond? At some point, you know, enough is enough. It was just, um, it, it, again, it's not about the, you know, the toughness and, and how hard we play. That's, that's never in question. It's just about executing, playing faster, getting, you know, getting our tempo going. And uh, I, I think you could tell the difference first half, second half. Those guys, those guys definitely got tired. They definitely got tired. They were winded. When you're tired, you're not getting pass rush. You're playing zone. It's you know, for for us, that's you know, it's a recipe for success. So it was, it was, it ended up, you know, working out. Think about it. In addition to all that, on those final two touchdown drives, and by the way, they cashed in that last touchdown drive with zeros in the clock, and then that ridiculous laser beam of a throw where Kyler threaded it into the back of the end zone to A.J. Green. Between those two final touchdown drives, there were six do-or-die plays between fourth down and or 
two-point conversions, a half-dozen do-or-die plays on those last two touchdown drives. Yeah, Paulie, it really was um, a situation where they came up big, and it wasn't just Kyler Murray. It was so many other guys as well. Now, Kyler Murray was right in the middle of that maelstrom of going out and playing perfectly and having to be perfect going down the stretch. And the fact that they were able to orchestrate it and pull that thing off it truly is, Polly. I mean, I told you this after the game. I, I've never seen anything like it to be around this game for well over three decades in a different capacity, of course. But to be around this game as long as I have and never see anything like that. I, I After the game, I was talking to Dave, and I was just holding my head, Paul, the whole time that I was talking to Pash because I could not believe what had just transpired. You know what I saw in Kyler Murray? Thanks for asking, Wolf. You know what I saw? I saw a comfortable and confident quarterback in his pass protection. I saw – now, did he get harassed and hit at times from Max Crosby and Chandler Jones? Yes. But when he snapped that ball, he wasn't worried about left guard being a liability like it was maybe in week one. He wasn't worried about right guard being a liability like it was most of last year and especially against the upcoming opponent, the yes. Rams. We'll get into that a little bit. And to that point, when you hear Cliff Kingsbury say that Kyler Murray's decision-making – was stellar in that, you know, he'd hold on, he'd make his reads, and whether to throw it or pass it, whether to stress the defense with his legs or not, the decision-making was there, and I think that was there because he was comfortable in the pocket. Yeah, no, Paulie, you're right. This was something that I did not expect. Um, Listen, uh, DJ Humphreys did an incredible job on Mm. Chandler Jones, as we all know right now. We love Chan. We all do. We're always going to. The the, the five years that he was – wreaking havoc in the NFC, of course. Um, We respect him greatly. DJ Humphreys did a great job. When you talk about a guy that went out and nullified the talent that is Chandler Jones, that's no easy proposition whatsoever. And DJ shut him down, the dog that he is. That was great. On the other side, Max Crosby, he impacted the game. There's no doubt he did. Um, Not only getting to Kyler Murray, of course, but also pressuring him from time to time. By the way, I wanted to ask Cliff Kingsbury in his weekly TV show, and I stinking forgot about it. I wanted to ask him if he was sandbagging about what he told the media that he had texted Chandler Jones to start the game week. Don't hold it against me, but I'm going to chip you every play. Because that didn't happen. That did not happen. DJ Humphreys was solo against Chandler Jones most of that game, and most of the chips from my eye were reserved for the other side and Max Crosby. Yes, yes, Paulie, there was. And if you watch it once again, that was the key to, I think, the Cardinals' comeback was the fact they stayed balanced on the – On the offensive side of the ball in that second half, Paulie, they stayed balanced, and that gave Kyler Murray um, a little bit of comfort, I think, and especially with the interior pocket. When they did throw the ball, he was able to actually step up. Here's the other guy who really stood out behind Kyler Murray and DJ Humphreys. How about a round of applause for Byron Murphy? Oh, Not only the longest fumble return for touchdown in overtime in NFL history, 59 yards, and by the way, his jersey is on display in the Hall of Fame along with a signed football from Kyler who also made NFL history in that game. But Byron Murphy holding Devontae Adams to just two grabs for 12 yards. There was a touchdown in there, but for the most part, Devontae Adams was a non-factor. And Vance Joseph today was asked about the big game for Murph. 
his progress has been awesome. You know, I mean, even even from last year to this year, last year he had a hell of a first half of the season. You know, he got a little nicked up towards the middle. He came back the last, I thought, month and a half and played played good again for us. So I'm not surprised that he can, you know, cover a number one receiver in this league. You know, I mean, he, he's a guy with talent. I mean, he's been with us for, I think, four years now, and that's why he was drafted, you know. So um, he, he's confident. He, he wanted that challenge all week, and um, he played his butt off. I mean, how big would that be, Wolf, if they mm-hmm. actually once again had a legit number one corner where Vance Joseph could start every game week and say, you know what, we're taking Byron Murphy and we're matching up against the other team's number one receiver, check. I mean, that is a huge luxury if you're a D.C., right? Yeah, Paulie, it's, it, absolutely, it's huge. But what's amazing is I, I went back and I looked at the tape, and I, I'm trying to think of a time that Devontae Adams beat Byron Murphy. You know, I mean, like beat him where he was he was wide open and should have got the ball. Um, you had to look really close and really hard, Paulie, to see that when that was. So you watch the film. Answer me this, because there's been some discrepancy. Did he really travel with him the entire game, he, or he did, did the Cardinals mix coverages? Yeah, no, Paulie, they mixed up coverages right there. But he did travel there. He he definitely traveled. He went when he was in man so much of the time. He did travel. Every time they lined Devontae Adams up, for the most part, for the most part, there were one, maybe two exceptions. But every time they lined him up inside, in the slot, and not on the perimeter, that's typically when Byron Murphy would not travel with him. So that was, and that's where he came from, by the way. He came from the slot over Devontae Adams, opposite opposite the wide receiver screen to Renfro to pick that ball up and he sprinted all the way over you ought to see it it's very very cool this week we'll see we'll see if he gets the fourth player ever to lead the NFL in a single season in receptions receiving yards and touchdown receptions because that was Cooper Cup a year ago the triple crown winner Remember when the Cardinals beat him in week four, he had a season-low five grabs. But when they lost him in week 14, he had a season-high 13 grabs. So he's a definite difference maker. When we come back, we'll get to Max Williams. How about the Cardinals tight end? Uh, We got tons of questions. What was it like in that locker room and more? Max Williams, Cardinals tight end, going to join us when we come back on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Second and 10 for the Raiders of the Cardinal 39. Four receivers, two right, two left. Carr waiting for the shotgun snap. He's got the ball. Quick throw left side. Renfro with a catch. And he breaks one tackle. Then the ball comes out. It's loose. And it's picked up by the Cardinals in midfield. It's picked up by Byron Murphy at the 40, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10. Ball game! Byron Murphy picks up the ball at midfield. Returns it for a touchdown. And the Cardinals win. No flags. What an unbelievable finish here in Vegas. Crazy Carl is here for the Arizona Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons forced the fumble, and Byron Murphy picked it up and took it to the house to win the game in overtime, 29-23. What a great finish. What a great call. It went viral. I mean, you talk about leaving Las Vegas. How about Bird City beat Sin City? How about the longest overtime fumble return for a touchdown in NFL history? 
By the way, uh, Byron Murphy's jersey goes to the Hall of Fame, and a uh, Kyler-signed football has gone to the Hall of Fame as well as the first quarterback, as I read this here, with a passing and rushing touchdown and a passing and rushing two-point conversion. How about that? And also, Ron Wolfley, uh, I haven't totally verified this yet, but I do believe it's the first NFL game ever pitting two Maxes against each other who both spell their first name with double X. <laughs> and the original Max joins us now. Max Williams here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. That is accurate, right? You do claim being the original Max double X in the NFL, do you not? I mean, I can't think of anyone else who was before me with just two Xs and Max, but... Max Crosby coming in, making all that noise, being a superstar, so more power to him. He's got the two X's. I'm going to claim it. It's all about the name. That's right. So, Max, i, I got to jump in here, man, right away. Crazy Carl. Do you know who Crazy Carl is? Do you, have you ever heard the terminology Crazy Carl? I don't think I have. Okay, this is what they used to say, Max, back when I was playing. They, my old coach used to say, you know what we need, man? We need Crazy Carl to show up for us. Like something crazy to happen on the field. Like the ball goes off some guy's hel- helmet into the air 15 yards, and your guy runs underneath it, grabs it, and takes it back for a touchdown 75 yards. Something crazy to happen out on the field right there. And Crazy Carl obviously showed up for you guys. What were you thinking when you saw Byron Murphy running down that sideline? I think it starts with that whole series how it went. JT almost had the pick. Yeah. Fumble the play right after that that yep. we almost recovered. And I'm thinking in my head, I, I was all disappointed. Like, dang, we had our chance. All we needed was a field goal then. And I was right on the sidelines, like at a front row seat. Boom, ball is out. And all of a sudden, everything kind of just froze. And all of a sudden, Murph came out of nowhere. I was like, someone jump on it. Murph all of a sudden picks it up and is going down the sidelines crazy moment i mean i still yes. get i still get yeah. goosebumps thinking about it watching it It was such a fun moment and then that carried into the locker room that's gonna be one i mean when you're done playing this game that's gonna be one of the most memorable things about the game right those locker room celebrations after a win like that i think i think especially what i'll take from that looking back reflecting obviously only week three but i mean that two-point conversion first off mm. kyler mm. running around for what 20 seconds i've never yes. seen anything like that in my eight years so far then how the overtime ended. I mean, those are the things you get in the locker room. You look at each other, and you just you just have to be happy and have fun and celebrate because those things don't happen every day. I mean, Wolf, remember what Max told us a couple of years ago in the Big Red Rage, how he was a former running quarterback in high school? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, from from one running quarterback to another. Go ahead, put that in perspective. I mean, the, the 21 seconds and 85 yards covered. I'd be too winded. <laughs> Props to Kyler. I would have been running around back there as quarterback. I would have been so gassed. I would have never got in like him. He's special when you watch that. And I think that's yeah. what shows. I mean, it is. It's, 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 wow. It's, it's, sometimes you just got to say wow watching Kyler play. Yeah. You know, big guy, we're obviously going to get into the details here. We're going to talk about the Raiders an awful lot. But before we really dive into this thing, I'd love to ask you, how are you feeling, man? How, how's the body? I feel good. Obviously, uh, after last year with my knee injury and everything went with that, uh, I never knew if I was going to play football again. So it kind of started with one of those, working back in, now playing week three. And I feel great. My knee feels awesome. Loving being back out there. I mean, it would have been, I would have been lost without football right now. I mean, I love it still. I'm still only 28, so feeling yeah. great, feeling young, just getting excited to go play the Rams this week. Where Where are you in terms of being 100% back from that knee? What percentage would you give yourself? I, I, I mean, personally, I would say my knee is going to be what it is. For everything yeah. I did to my right knee and that injury and everything that went wrong with it, I think where I'm at now for how great I feel, where I can go play football, my knee's not hurting, 
I would say I'm feeling great. Yeah. I mean, it was a serious, significant yeah. knee injury, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wasn't good. Well, oh. tear a little bit more than just an yeah. ACL. Yeah. Okay. Well, all I know is I'm not sure what was shocking, more shocking in camp, the fact that Wolf actually lost significant weight, okay? <laughs> or that you were out there full go, full contact. Yes. Yeah. Week two. Did you exceed your own expectations? You know, I, I don't think I ever put a time limit out there when I wanted to be back, but I think in my own mind, I always said, if I'm going to do this, I want to play week one. And I was on the pup list, and it was one of those where I've done – so much rehab with the trainers and everything else at that point in camp it was like look like i can't make the next step to see if i can even play football until i come off the pup list and try to play so it was one of those coach was comfortable with it i was working out great i was feeling good on the field and they said hey let's take a try eased so, into it and worked our, worked our way up to do more and more yeah max so okay the raiders game of course you play the chiefs game you play the raiders game how did you play personally against the Raiders, in your opinion? Personally, I probably want, of all my plays back, two of them, for sure. Two of them. Which, that, which two? Without getting too much, that first play of the game that I was in, I think it was like the fourth or fifth actual game, I wish I had that play back just based off of my job. And then the one pass pro I have where me and Beach got our feet tangled up and I ended up going backwards like a great pancake. It was awesome. on Max Crosby. Hey, Max on Max Crime. He won that one. Right. That man's a freak. I mean, right. more power to him. He's he's a special player, and it was uh, it was fun to play against him. I talked to Steven Anderson a little bit because he went against him a lot with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. said, there is nobody in the NFL with a motor that eclipses Max Crosby. I think, wasn't that first week of the season he played like 91 snaps or right. something? <laughs> and you watch the film, he never slowed down once. Oh. And then we play him. That man's all over the field, jumping over piles, making plays, and then... I mean, that's what you look forward to in the NFL, those special-type talents that come out of nowhere. And I mean, what, is he in his fourth year, I think? I think so, yeah. And yeah. he's already making that. It just gets you excited where the league's going and the talent that's in this league. And it's fun to play against those type of guys because we're competitive in the NFL. We wouldn't be here if we weren't, and you want to play against the best guys. He looks like he's super strong, Max. Is he? I mean, it's, He was. He was. Yeah. He, I mean, he's that whole package right now. I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's a young guy, and... It just gets you excited, especially if I played for the Raiders, of where his future could go and where his ceiling is. Hey, Max Williams is our guest. It's all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So you guys were down 20 to nothing at the half. And then I'm doing the halftime show, and the coaches come out, one coach after another, and there's no players. I don't even cite it on the air. That's a little unusual. And, And Cliff said today, actually it was yesterday, he said, you know what, he felt a lot better based on what the leaders had to say in that locker room. And it seemed to be a turning point. Can you sort of quantify what happened at half? And, and do you agree was that sort of a threshold moment? Yeah, I think uh, I think earlier this week I said that the, the leaders on this team this year, this is my, what, fourth year on the team, it just it just feels different with the leaders stepping up. I mean, I can think of guys like Hump, Buddha, K1 this year. Everyone just kind of speaking their mind of being that leader that we need guys to be to kind of come together as a team. So at halftime it was like, look, we got together. This is, this is six quarters of football that this is not us. This is not how we practice. This is not how we play. We got to just do our job. And it was one of those moments when your leaders are stepping up and calling guys out, and not really calling guys out, more of what's the good word I could put it? Challenging the team. Yeah. One play at a time. That's all it is. Yeah. We're down 20 points at half. Look, they just scored 20 in the first half. Why can't we? Yeah, Why can't Max, I just was, worry about my job, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Was was anybody yelling at halftime? <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't think yelling would be the right there word. There was no yelling. Okay. No, because because I think, back I think when Coach, I played, I think Coach Cliff says it the best: is it, 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 we weren't playing well because we weren't playing our hard. 
I guess right. that's the way to say it. It was more right. we just weren't executing, and it was looking at the guy to your left and your right, trusting them that they're going to do your job, and they're going to trust you that do yours individually. And it takes 11 guys out there. 11 guys doing their job and trusting everyone around them. That's what the message was, is we got to trust each other, and we got to go out there and execute. And lucky for us, we were fortunate enough that things went our way, and we won the game, and now we've got to take that momentum in this week and get better each and every day for this game. Was there anything that you did, Max, in the second half that you were not doing in the first half? And I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about the entire team. Down 20 to nothing at half. You know, was there any anything done schematically that was different in the second half than what you were doing in the first? I don't, I don't think so. Obviously, I'm not the one calling the plays, and I can't speak on defense. But for us on offense, it was we just executed better. Everyone did their job, and I think the word execute is just, I think, the best way we can say it. I don't think anything really changes. You always make a little adjustments here and there at halftime because you have to because you never really know what the defense is going to do until you play yeah. them, and then you make adjustments. But scheme-wise, play-call-wise, I don't think anything came different than what we practiced all week. It was just we executed, everyone did their individual job, and Kyler did his magic. Yeah. Well, it was notable after the game they released that NFL Films clip from the locker room and DJ Humphreys was shouting at everyone amid the celebration saying, this is our identity. Yeah. That, you know, and, and we were talking about that in the broadcast. You know, after you guys came back in that second half, okay, this feels like the team that started 7-0, and started 10-2. Mm-hmm. and And then other guys, in fact, Kyle Vandenbosch told a story this week on the Red Sea Report about how, you know, coaches used to tell him, when you have a really special quarterback as a defense, just keep playing. Because that special quarterback can bring you back. Yeah. And, and Kyler is becoming that guy, is he not? I agree. I think uh, I think you look at Kyler from his rookie year to this year, I think it's for everyone that's young. I mean, look how special he is right now. And where can you go from here? And I think when DJ's talking about, like, this is our identity, this is what we want to be, we want to be out there, we want to execute at a high level, we want to be on our terms, and we want to get in a rhythm. And I think that's what we showed in that second half is when we can get rolling – everyone's doing their job who knows what we can do and I think that's what's exciting about our team and especially the guys we have is we don't know where we can go and we can't wait to find out where it is and Wolf everyone's still talking about the two-point conversion run by Kyla Murray including the great Frank Caliendo right with the impersonation so here he is as John Madden and Pat Summerall looks like they're going for two Pat sure does Kyla Murray back to pass I think this place falling apart Pat I don't think he can see anything how tall is Kyler Murray, Pat? 5'10", I believe. Not sure about that. How tall is Kevin Hart? Maybe six foot. Murray, directing traffic. Actually, he, he was creating a diversion, Pat. Then he pointed in a couple places, and boom, he ran circles around these guys. Touchdown, Cardinals. <laughs> Those were some amazing tactics. I don't understand how he did it. <laughs> I guess it's just modern warfare. You ever play Call of Duty, Pat? <laughs> so good so a year ago after your knee injury you used to give out the to the max award from your living room right yep would kyler have been the automatic or is there someone else there that would have warranted consideration uh, the to the max award if i'm giving the award on week two when we win in vegas it's got to go to kyler <laughs> just though i mean murph murph hey runner up but k1 we're not in that situation where murph is getting an opportunity to do that if k1's not doing his magic what he did in the fourth quarter especially. So I think you'd go to K-1 in that situation. Yeah, you know, especially, Max, too, when I think of that second two-point conversion, the throw to A.J. Green. If you really watch that, that was such a beautiful throw. Your thoughts on that, Max, seriously. I mean, mean, it's every day. I think today at practice he made a throw to A.J. Green on our sidelines that we literally stopped meetings and we're like, wow, 
What a throw. And so it's it's almost like you're not surprised. Kind of like when D-Hop makes one of those plays now. Yeah. I mean, I've played with him long enough. It's like it happens. Right. Now K-1 makes some of these throws. It's like, oh, that's normal. Yeah. 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 You know, I see that every day. You're right. Some of the catches D-Hop made in the receiver line in camp. You're like, what? What? It, same sort of thing Larry used to do. Fitz used to do in practice mm-hmm. all the time. Some of the greatest stuff that never saw the light of day. I, I, and that's every day at yeah. practice. Fortunate enough playing with Larry, now D-Hop and all these guys. The things you can see at practice, it, it, it just makes this game fun. Yeah. You've gone from the mustache to the beard. Uh, do explain. What was wrong with just the mustache? I'm a mustache guy. Come on. It's every year for camp. The mustache, that's work. And I had it twirled. I had that thing. It was nice. It just takes too much to take care of. It's camp. You're getting together with the guys. We're all living in a hotel. It's one of those. It's a good time with the friends. But as soon as, as, soon as camp's over, got to get rid of the mustache again. You go. All right, he's letting the hair grow out too, COVID style. You know what I mean? It sands the haircut. So uh, we'll continue. In fact, there might be another Frank Caliendo calling your touchdown last year against the Rams in week four. Cardinal season tickets at azcardinals.com slash season. The Big Red Rage back right after this. Snap to Kyler Murray. Three-step drop. Lobs it deep middle in the end zone. Max Williams hangs on as he's hit. Touchdown. Williams over the middle got popped. And Kyler Murray with a beautiful touch throw. And the Cardinals are back in front. What are you going to do when Max Williams runs the seam on you? What a great read by Kyler Murray. How about it? That was last year, week four. Cardinals went to L.A. Jack stomped the Rams 37-20, ran for more than 200 yards. Kyler was outstanding. And big Max Williams on the business end of that touchdown catch right there. He is our special guest in the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Are we in the midst of the age of the tight end? Think about it. I mean, you have Max Williams and Zach Ertz, the Cardinals' leading receiver in the win over the Raiders. Week one, it was Travis Kelsey. Week two, it was Darren Waller. You get Tyler Higby this week on the opponent. George Kittle is coming up in the division twice a year. I mean, Max Williams way in. Educate Ron Wolfley that not everything that was the best about the NFL was during his era, his decade in the NFL. Tell us about just the state of the tight end position these days. I mean, I think it's exciting. I mean, you can even see our young guy with Trey, even watching him out at practice and the way tight ends play now, it's so it's so exciting to watch. You got guys like Kittle who are going to be blocking and still making crazy plays. Guys like Waller, Mark Andrews, shoot Kelsey, Zach, yep. everyone out there making plays like their star receivers. It's it's such a versatile position, and it's fun to watch all the younger guys coming in because everyone does something so different. And I think when I think of blocking tight ends, I always think Nick Boyle. I thought he was the best in the league at the time when I got drafted with him. And that's what's fun to watch is you see that you can have guys like Nick Boyle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews. Shoot, you can even throw like Pat Ricard on there. Came sure. in as a D lineman, fullback, tight end. Yeah. So much different now in the NFL and game, and I love it. You know what's amazing, Max? Uh, in terms of first and 10 um, and average yards gained, 12 personnel is our best grouping. I don't know if you knew that or not, but 12 personnel is actually our best grouping grouping in terms of average yards gained on first and 10. Uh, that's number 10, as a matter of fact, in the National Football League, the Arizona Cardinals, in yards per gain out of that personnel group. Why do you think that is? Oh, not a stats guy, but I would, you know, I love 12 personnel. You're not going to hear me complain about being why out there on do first down. I, I know you're out there, of course, in 12 personnel, but why do you think it's so effective? You know, if I would say about what I, my opinion I guess I'm not a coach or anything else, but I would say 
we're harder to play them because you got a guy like Zach Ertz when we're in 12 personnel. Well, you can't treat him like a normal tight end. Right. But if I'm in the game, what are they thinking? Probably run. So now also when we're both on the field, what is it? That's the way I look at it. And that's what 50, I love about it. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, versatile tight ends. I mean, you can do so much with the tight ends in your offense. And I think Cliff's been great about that since I got here in 2019, getting creative with it. Well, guys, what did Cliff say in the offseason? We want to try and disguise the offense a little bit more. Hence, maybe the emphasis on tight ends this mm-hmm. year. Hence, mm-hmm. the second-round draft pick of a Trey McBride. By the way, we have not seen Trey McBride, obviously. Mm-hmm. You have, and you see him every day. What can you tell us about the rookie? I mean, I think he's going to be special. Young guy coming in. He's athletic. He can block. It's crazy. People see him, they're saying, oh, he's going to be this receiving tight end. He's going to get down and dirty in those trenches. Wolf mm-hmm. would love it. He's going to be excited, too. So, for me, every one of the fans that are wondering about Trey... You ain't got to worry about Trey. Trey's going to be special here, in my opinion, and I can't wait to see it. I'm here for it. I'm all in his corner. I'm trying to do the best I can to help him, me and Zach, and I love the kid, man. He's awesome. That's that's, uh, so much of you, Max. It really does. But anyways, um, does any of what you did in the second half against the Raiders carry over to the Rams game? I would say more just the energy of it. We got to come out and we got to feel like we can win the game. Every time. We got to be going out there on offense saying we're going to score every time we get the ball. And I think that second half against the Raiders, getting our momentum, getting that energy, getting in a rhythm of it, take that to practice this week, apply it to the game plan for the Rams, and go out there and do the best we can to execute it on Sunday. Before we get to the Rams on Sunday, let's go back to last year, almost at this time, week four, because uh, we heard the call from Dave Passion, Ron Wolfley, right in the Arizona Cardinals radio network. But how about when Frank Caliendo, master of voices on the Pash Pod last year, he took a stab at your touchdown against the Rams in 2021. Max Williams, 14-yard touchdown catch. Let's start doing that as Mel Kuyper. Can you do that? Talk about tremendous snap. Snap to Kyler Murray. Tiny little athletic ability. Three-step drop. I'm adding things because I'll get back to the copyright here. Three-step drop. The tiny little steps. Tiny little Kyler Murray taking little steps. The play's Uh, over. Hold on. Uh, We're doing this in slow motion, actually. This is what's going on inside my head. Three-step drop. Lobs it deep to the middle of the end zone. Max Williams, double X on the X. Max, uh, single S on the Williams. Hangs it. He's a hit. Touchdown. Williams over the middle. Got popped. But Kyler Murray with a beautiful touchdown throw. And at the end of the day, the Cardinals are back in front. (laughs) Okay. Let's do uh, John Madden. I mean, I mean, what, what are you going to do when when Max Williams runs the seam on you? I mean, I mean what, what a great read by Kyler Murray. I mean, that's Kyler Murray just being Kyler Murray right there. He saw what he needed to do, and boom. I mean, he just made it happen. How about Belichick? Uh, Belichick? What are you going to do when Max Williams runs the seam on you? <sighs> what a great read by Kyler Murray. <laughs> I'm ecstatic right now. This is, I'm just blowing my top. That's it. Can we do Nance and Romo on one of these? Jim's oh, going to kill me. Oh, Jim, what's going on here? This is incredible. What are you going to do? Max Williams runs the seam on you. What a great read. Kyler Murray's coming. It's yours going to be Tony. Here we go, jump. Tony. What <laughs> a great Frank Aliendo. <laughs> do you have a favorite in there, Max? Which one do you like the most? John Madden. John Madden. I love when he goes John Madden. Yeah, yeah, the old school. That's good. That's good. Oh, my goodness. That is mad. As good as that is, as much as we dislike the Rams, okay? Sean McVay is 10-1 and against the Arizona Cardinals. That's against three different head coaches. So what has to happen on Sunday to beat L.A.? I mean, first off, 
99 on their defense. Been a game changer. I think everyone got to see that for the last, what, nine years. But for us, it's we got to execute. And we have to play like we know we can, like the second half against the Raiders. And we can't go out there and be flat. I can only speak for offense and obviously my room and myself, but if we go out there and we're confident and we're getting in rhythm, who knows what can happen on Sunday. So, Max, can I can I ask you a couple of down and distance questions right now, based on your tape study of the Rams? Can I? Is that okay if I do that? I mean, yeah, don't be afraid to tell me, <laughs> right? I'll give you I what mean, I can. It's not right, exactly. It's not like you're going to reveal our game plan. I want to know what they're going to do if it's first and ten. What coverage do you think they're going to be in? Again, I'm a, just, I'm going to say in general. If you watch tape on the Rams, they're not a big man team. Okay. That's no secret to anyone else. Okay. Okay. But, so you don't you don't want to go into first and ten. You don't want to do that. <laughs> well, hey, I told you the coverage against going to be zone okay, okay. three or four. You never know. It depends. <laughs> yeah. They had some injuries last week, so you got to figure out who's yeah. playing nickel for them. They are okay. really yeah, banged some, up at corner. They they are really just going to say yeah. corner. Yep. So yep. it's one of those. I think that's what you say. You go in first and ten. You're expecting this, but that's what the halftime adjustments for. You right. got to go out there and see because they're game planning us, just like okay. we're game planning them. They're going to have something for us that we're not expecting, and that's how it is each and every week. you got to apply your rules and go for it. Yeah. The, the only other thing I'm going to ask you is <laughs> third and obvious. What, 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 third and what, obvious. Are they going to come obvious. after you? I, obvious, meaning third and eight plus. Okay. Um, I, I, they're not a big blitz team. I'll put they're it not. that way. I mean, they got a great front seven. And when you have that and you got guys in the back end playing zone, this is not one of those teams that's going to light you up with, 90% pressures. Now, right. everyone's got the special dialed-up pressures and blitzes for third and must-have situations, but Rams are one of those teams. They've had the confidence in their D-line with 99 leading it. you got 54 on the edge. They had Von Miller last year. So they're a team that's going to come after you, try to cover, and make you make the mistakes. They're definitely a team that want you to make the mistake, and they capitalize on it. DJ Humphreys, and we're with Max Williams here on the Big Red Rage. DJ used to be the host of this show, as as you know, and he, yep. he was very honest about the first time he played against Aaron Donald. And he said he walked out on the field, looked across the line of scrimmage, said, this dude's tiny, I'm going to smash 99, right? <laughs> that was DJ talking, of course, C6566. Uh, and then not so much. The game started. Mm-hmm. What enables him to be maybe the best defensive player ever in the history of the game? I think he, he's got everything. I mean, he's fast, he's quick, he's mean, he's strong. He's a special player. You got to give the guy credit. I mean, he's a once in a lifetime talent, and you can put him with the names as the best defense player of all time. And I don't think there's too many people that know football that are going to argue on that. Mm. I mean, he's been special since the day he's gotten there, and he's still going to be special. And he showed. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. He last played the Super Bowl. Yep. The dude makes the play out of nowhere, and yep. I don't think anyone was shocked that it was like, okay, if something was going to happen, they were going to win the game. Who was going to make the play on defense? Well, it was probably going to be Aaron Donald. And you got to give him that respect. He's earned it. I mean. When you're that kind of talent, you you deserve your respect. And I think that's what everyone does now is you have to know where 99 is on the field at all times. You know what's amazing about that too, Max, is it, it, Aaron Donald was having a a quiet game, and then suddenly the Bengals kind of poked him in the eye. The offensive lineman got after him a little bit on one play. I don't know if you remember that, but... Man, some players you gotta you gotta leave them alone <laughs> at it's, some point in time. Aaron Downs is one of those guys that at any moment, just like Kyler and those guys, they just have something special. Well, and it happens. Look at last year, right? Cardinals ran for two sixteen in the first matchup, and he was pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. And I think he heard about it. And then what happened in the Week fourteen rematch? He had fourteen quarterback pressures in a single game. I mean, it was astounding. So. 
What else have you learned, though, about the Rams? It's not just Aaron Donald. Now they have two other Hall of Famers at each level of the defense, Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner, Jalen Ramsey. What do you think Bobby Wagner does for that D? Well, I mean, Bobby Wagner is one of those linebackers that he's going to go down as one of the best linebackers in the game, too. He's so smart. He's physical. He's quick. And, I mean, he's getting older, and he still hasn't slowed down. And I think losing Von Miller, also you bring in Bobby Wagner. I mean, what did they lose? They went from one Hall of Famer to another. Jalen Ramsey on the back end. I mean, almost all of last year he was playing in the box almost as a nickel, playing the run game. I mean, the guy can do it all. Yeah. So it's one of those. I mean, the Rams are a great team. And the way you beat a great team is you got to be fundamentally sound. Everyone's got to do their job, and you got to be playing as 11. Because if you're not doing your job, they're talented enough where it's going to be exposed and stuff's not going to be good. You know, so much of the time, uh, you have to believe you can actually go out and do your job and be successful, of course. Mm -hmm. And the Rams have um, done a great job in terms of every time they've played us, they've really done a good job of winning those games right there. Um, Do you guys believe, Max? Do you believe that you can take down the Rams? I think we believe we can beat everyone each and every week. I don't think we'd be here in this situation or still on this team if we didn't think we had a chance to be special. And this week, week three, it's the Rams. We're going to put everything we have into the Rams to go out there and play our best game. And whatever happens on Sundays happens. I mean, we're not out there trying to lose. And we're out there trying to win. Everyone is. And they're just as competitive as us. So it's, that's what makes this game fun is we're a bunch of grown men, got wives, got kids, we have families, out there playing a kids game on Sundays for the world to watch. And we're just having fun. And that's what I love about it is each and every week anything can happen. I'm guessing as we wrap this up, you're sick of hearing about the Rams. You're probably sick of, from guys like me hearing about the whole home losing skid too, right? Six in a row. You're probably sick. I know. Of, what has I to know. change there? That is confounding. We gotta win. I mean, we gotta win. There's no. Yeah. We have to win at home. You have to be winning at home if you want to be a great team. And that's the message this week again: is hey, it's been six in a row. I'm gonna. This bring- is our home field. We gotta win. I'm bringing that heckler from Vegas who was behind the bench. That guy, he just never shut up. And then Justin Pugh gave him a what for at the after the win. He went over there and gave him a what for. Everyone was running right to celebrate. Pugh was going left. <laughs> right for that guy. Uh, oh, man. Max, guys. thank you. Thanks for having thank me, guys. You, you know I love coming on. There you go. Max Williams, Cardinals tight end, and always a great guest here on the Big Red Rage. We continue more about the Rams. Maybe if Wolf's nice to me, I'll tell him, the story that James Conner told me earlier about Aaron Donald from their pit days when we come back in the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Thirty-one twenty-five, Rams with the lead trying to protect it on defense. Third down 13 from the 24 of the Rams for the Falcons. Mariota has a knee-high snap. Rams send five. They hit Mariota. Throw goes up. It is intercepted at the goal line. Jalen Ramsey out to the 20 and out of bounds to the Rams bench. Jalen calls game in week two for the Rams. J.B. Long on the Rams radio network. They were up three scores against Atlanta at home and needed that pick by Jalen Ramsey, the all-pro, to seal a win against the Falcons. So let's see. The Rams, just like the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and 49ers, are all 1-1 one and one going into Week 3. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Paul Calvi, C. Ron Wolfley. Special thanks to big tight end Max Williams. Always a great guest. Among other things, Wolf, I liked what he said about Trey McBride because we don't know hardly anything about where Trey McBride is tracking, yeah. but 
man, he was effusive in his praise and an outlook for Trey McBride. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, too, I am. This is something I was talking about earlier, and then it was good to hear Max actually back it up in regard to Trey McBride. The fact that he sees him as a Y, as a stud tight end, a tight end you can line up on the tackle's hip and let him come off the ball at the point of attack, and a guy that is equal blocker as receiver, and that's what a stud tight end is, and I hope that's what Trey McBride is going to evolve into. All right, every game plan against the Rams. Cardinals know better than anyone. They're in the division. Starts with trying to have a plan for 99 Aaron Donald, and yes, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about that this week. Donald, nobody has a plan for that, but I like the group we have. Uh, I, those guys, Rodney and Pew and DJ on that left side, really communicate well and, and um, play with a calm when they're out there together. And, and Beach and, and Rodney have really helped Will, him being right in the middle to communicate and help him play and not think so much, being new in our system. So we'll, we'll do our best uh, on Donald just like everybody else, but, but he's kind of an unstoppable force, and you've you got to make sure he doesn't just completely wreck the game. Yeah, and they move him up and down the line. He won't just be over Will Hernandez. So I asked James Conner, as we know, Wolf, we've had him on the Big Red Rage. They were teammates at Pitt. No one knows 99 better than James Conner. I asked him for something we don't know about Aaron Donald. And he sort of smiled, and he said, you know, there was a game, Pitt against Duke, and he actually simultaneously tackled the quarterback and running back together. (laughs) At the mesh point, during the handoff, He busted through so fast and got through the offensive line so quickly that he tackled both the running back and the quarterback at the handoff and took him down. Yeah, that'd be legendary right there, would it not, Polly? And he's pretty good at swinging helmets as well. So what do you do? I mean, seriously, what do you do if you're Cliff about Aaron Donald and then all the other problems that the Rams present? Paul, I love the fact that you asked me this question right here because I like to call it, Paul, the hexagon of victory. Are you ready, Paul? The hexagon. hexagon. The hexagon of victory. I got six points right here. Number one, Paul, I'd say believe you can beat Aaron Donald and the Rams. That's number one. Are you good with that, Paulie? Believe. Believe you can actually do it. Yes. Number two, block Aaron Donald. (laughs) All right, Paul. That's number two. Number three is stay balanced by running the ball and run the ball in particular at Aaron Donald, Paul. That is going to be huge right there. I saw the Arizona Cardinals run a version last week, of course, against the Raiders in that second half. I saw them run their version of uh, 22 and 23 double. And Paul, I kid you not, it was double. It was the power without the pull. I'd love to see that make another appearance against Aaron Donald. Um, number th- number four, get the ball out quickly to slow Aaron Donald down, Paul. All right, throw the ball, get it out quickly of the pocket. Number five, stay out of third and obvious pass situations so you can avoid sacks and pressures from Aaron Donald. That's number five. Number six, the hexagon of victory once again, Paul. Pick and choose when you go up-tempo in this game and when you run wide receiver screens and when you run middle screens to the running back to exhaust Aaron Donald. There you go, Paul. You're a hexagon of victory. Okay, so there were six there, hence the hexagon, and five of them had to do directly with Aaron Donald. Um, Actually, all of them, Paul. Oh, okay. You, you forgot about the first one, which is prepare yourself to beat him. Believe you can actually okay. win.
Oh, okay. I thought that was just a general belief you can beat the Rams because they have lost 10 of their last 11 against Sean McVay and the Rams. Man, I know, Paul. It really is. It's tough. The one good thing about it is, of course, at least that one victory has occurred in the Cliff Kingsbury era, right? And it, it's not distant memory either. You don't have to go all the way back to 2019. You have to look just to 2021 last year and the fact they they beat the Rams and beat them soundly in L.A., Yep. And you know, you remember the headline after that week four win in LA, empty cup. So I'm going to take your hexagon, <laughs> I'm going to make it an octagon, and I'm going to add two more bullet points. Both have to do with Cooper Cup, Mr. Triple Crowner receiving, and delivering my points will be Buddha Baker, who was asked about Cup and Matthew Stafford together. A lot of formations look the same. You know, they're really good with, uh, you know, knowing when it's man, knowing when it's zone, and Cooper Cup's really good. Him and um, Stafford have a great connection with. Even if it's a maybe a 10-yard in, he might sit it or he might even break out, and that's all goes with the connection that those two have together. There you go. Buda Baker on that combination, which was lethal in year one. So now with another offseason, what are they going to be like? Yeah, no doubt, Polly. Um, man, the Rams' offense has really been up and down. They have really, really struggled as well. And from time to time, even the Rams' defense – looks a little disheveled which is weird to see that because typically we're used to seeing Aaron Donald and company run over but man I will tell you Pauly the Cardinals got a shot but they're gonna have to execute just like Max said well don't forget about Tyler Higby he has 20 targets in two games so you got to figure that out is Isaiah Simmons going to be in the tight end or not as you saw Darren Waller catch a, tight, a touchdown pass against Zeke Turner, for example. So, hey, Cardinals single-game tickets available now. EasyCardinals.com slash tickets to secure your seats today. Special thanks to Max Williams, Ron Wolfley, on Paul Calvisi. Special thanks Jim Omohundro, Lauren Koval. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Ciao. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.